Would you pray with me? Gracious Lord God, you know us better than we know ourselves. And as these scriptures are read, we will listen for your voice. By your Spirit, lead us out of our fears and into the knowledge of your love. Through Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of our souls. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 16. Hear the word of the Lord. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage." When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up and took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive your word, that it would come to us afresh in this new year. For we pray this in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Most of the time, 
Life has a tendency to just roll on by day after day after day with very little that really changes. And as the years go by, we all tend to develop certain routines in our lives, whether they be habitual behaviors or thought patterns or work schedules or ways of interacting with people in our lives or even how we relate to God. And these routines tend to become extremely resistant to change. After all, their familiarity tends to make them very comfortable for us, whether we like them or not. And we always prefer the comfortable misery we know to the mystery we do not know. But every once in a while, there are certain windows of possibility that open up before us along the way that give us the opportunity to break these routines, to choose a different path, to make a fresh start, to become new people. Some of these opportunities might be things like graduating from high school or college or getting married or having a baby or becoming an empty nester or retiring from your career or starting a new job or moving to a new city where you don't have to be the same person and follow the same routines you have in the past. Things can be different now. Other windows open up for us when difficult or tragic things happen in our lives, like losing a job or, or a loved one, or developing a serious illness, or going through a worldwide pandemic, or watching violent mobs storm our nation's capital building and threaten our democracy. For events like these have a tendency to bring our life's routines to a screeching halt, creating space for us to step back and take a look at our lives and make some important decisions and changes. For as difficult as some of these things are in our lives, it is always a shame when we do not take advantage of the opportunity that they bring. Because I believe that they are some of the primary ways that God is able to work in and through our lives, bringing hope and new life, even in the midst of suffering and loss. Now this, this need for change and a fresh start is so intuitive to us that we have created a way to do so annually as we transition from one year to the next. And at the beginning of each new year, we tend to look back at the previous year and evaluate our lives, making resolutions about what we would like to do differently in the new year. It's like when Charlie Brown was asked by Peppermint Patty if he was going to make any New Year's resolutions. And he said, well, yes. You know how I always dread the whole year? Well, this time, I'm only going to dread one day at a time. The start of a new year creates a window of opportunity for us to reevaluate our lives, 
and to make some very important decisions. And there is no decision that will be more important than the one we make about which king we are going to serve this year. Now, this past Wednesday, January 6th, was a day in the church we refer to as Epiphany. It's a day when we celebrate the arrival of the wise men in Bethlehem and they encountered the baby Jesus. They had followed his star from the east, perhaps from Arabia or Babylon, and they had initially arrived in Jerusalem looking for Jesus, carrying great treasures to offer the one born king of the Jews. Well, when Herod heard about this, he immediately consulted with his religious authorities about where the Messiah was supposed to be born, and they said Bethlehem. And so then Herod made a secret deal with these wise men, sending them on to go find the baby Jesus and then to report back to him so that he too might go and pay homage to the new king. This, of course, was a lie. But the wise men, they continued their way on to Bethlehem, and eventually they did find Jesus, and when they encountered him, they were overwhelmed with joy, and they bowed down before him in worship, offering him their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. But then the wise men were warned in a dream not to return to Herod. And it was at this point that they had to make a very important decision. Would they choose to go back the same way they had come? Obeying Herod, living under his influence and authority? Or would they refuse to serve Herod and choose a different path now that they had encountered the Savior of the world? It was really a question of who would be king in their lives, Herod or Jesus. This choice lies before each of us as well as we begin this new year. And it's not as easy a decision as it might seem at first. I mean, after all, Herod in many ways was a rather impressive king. He was a courageous and powerful warrior a cunning politician and a brilliant architect who managed to maintain his seat on the throne in an explosively, a politically explosive region for almost 40 years. Herod was renowned for his spectacular, if self-aggrandizing, uh, construction projects, highlighted by the reconstruction and expansion of the Jewish temple complex in Jerusalem, though he only paid lip service to their religion. Of course, Herod taxed the people half to death to pay for these spectacular projects, and they hated him for that. And yet somehow, Herod managed to steal from the people like a thief and still make them feel grateful to him in difficult times when he gave them back a few crumbs to prevent them from starving to death. Herod also gave the people the security and the stability that 
that they so desired, and they loved him for that. After all, there are few things for which we will sell our soul quite like the feeling of security. So Herod gave the people the peace that they so desired, but it was a lousy deal in the end because it came at the cost of so many lives and so much suffering. For you see, not only was Herod incredibly greedy, but he was an insecure, paranoid megalomaniac who clung to his power any cost, ruthlessly eliminating anyone he considered a threat. His lust for power and wealth and his growing fear of losing his throne eventually drove him mad. And he ended up murdering much of his own family, including his favorite wife, for fear that they were plotting against him. Herod even had three of his own sons executed because he thought they were trying to steal his throne. Caesar Augustus once commented that it was better to be Herod's pig than his son. After all, as king of the Jews, at least Herod had some qualms about killing pigs. Herod was a sick, brutal, vicious man who responded with swift and terrible violence against anyone who threatened his power. So when the wise men show up and say that they're looking for the one born king of the Jews, bringing great treasures to offer this new king, is it any surprise that the text tells us that Herod was frightened and all Jerusalem with him? I mean, Herod was terrified of losing his throne and his power and his wealth. And after living under his tyranny for so many years, the people of Jerusalem all knew quite well how he would respond. And when those wise men made the difficult decision to break their deal with Herod, to refuse to serve him, and instead to go back a different way as different people serving a different king. Well, Herod was infuriated and he unleashed his paranoid, fearful rage on all the babies of Bethlehem trying to eliminate the threat. Ah, King Herod, we love him, we hate him. He can do so much for us, but it comes at such a cost because there is always a terrible price to be paid when we allow fear to take control of our lives. In the words of Jedi Master Yoda, fear is the path to the dark side. For fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. I think we all saw plenty of evidence of that this past Wednesday. Fear just does funny things to us. It, 
It causes us to think in ways and act on impulses that are contrary to our faith. Because nothing pulls us away from God and His grace and His goodwill for our lives and our world quite like fear. Fear turns us in on ourselves, stealing away our compassion and our gratitude and our generosity and our concern for our neighbor. And fear is Herod's favorite weapon. And somewhere in each of our lives, Herod is vying for control, trying to frighten us into accepting one of his lousy deals. If you have been paying attention at all throughout this past election year, you have heard the voice of Herod again and again and again through political speeches, debates, commercials, Twitter feeds, TV personalities, trying to make you very afraid of his opponents and their ideas. And I'm sure in this new year, we're going to continue to hear his voice again and again. But the more you listen to his voice and respond in fear, the more securely Herod will sit on the throne in your heart, filling it with anger and paranoia and selfishness and hate. For you see, the nature of the king you choose to serve will also determine your nature as well. And if you allow Herod to rule on the throne in your heart, then you too will become irritable and impatient, possessive and controlling, greedy and self-centered. You will find yourself clinging to your status and your rights and your treasure, protecting them at any cost. You will respond angrily to anyone whose opinions threaten your own, murdering them with your thoughts and your words. You will go through jobs and relationships, even churches, trying in vain to find one that will finally satisfy you and give you peace. And as you go through life, your desperate and futile search for fulfillment and security will not only drive you crazy, but it will result in a great deal of collateral damage and suffering in your life, just as it did for Herod. However, your life and your new year need not turn out that way. But the only way to become free from Herod's control is to turn away from his court of lies and fear, 
to reject his lousy deals, and instead to go seeking after the one who came into this world seeking after you, the one in whose image you are made. It's called worship. And the reason we keep doing this week after week after week is that here we leave behind Herod's tyrannical kingdom of fear and we bow down instead before our true king who was born to set his people free that we might return from here by a different way as different people For Jesus said, behold, I am making all things new, even you. But the only way that can happen is if you're willing to place your life and your treasures at the Savior's feet and allow him to rule in your heart. Notice the primary difference between Herod and the wise men is that they were able to offer their treasures to Jesus bowing down before him in worship. And they were so transformed by this experience that they went home as new people whose lives were filled not with fear, but but with great joy. These are your choices as well. Fear or joy. Herod Or Jesus. If you choose Herod by allowing fear to rule in your heart, then you too will become angry and frustrated, clinging to your personal thrones and clutching at your treasures. But those who offer their lives and their treasures to the Christ child will receive the gift of joy and the gift of freedom from Herod's tyranny and the gift of new life. But be very sure, there is only enough room in your heart for one king. And it is Jesus alone who can give you the perfect love that casts out fear. So as we begin 2021, I simply ask you the question. Who will be king in your life this year? Herod or Jesus? The consequences are great, but the choice is up to you. Amen.